0: Where am I?
1: Officer Walker, you're dead. Tough day.
2: Welcome to the RIPD. Ah! Rest in peace, department. Come on, rookie. Here's the deal. Our job is catching bad souls that escape the afterlife. Bag it, tag it, and bury it deep. That's sick. I don't know what else to shoot you between. There's something else. You don't look like you anymore. What do I look like? Really? An old Chinese guy? What about you?
0: Well, I guess you win, Roy.
2: If the dead take over, that's it for the living world. I've never seen that before! I got this. You were supposed to contain! Didn't contain! I'm okay. Nothing to see. Gotta go!
0: R.I.P.D. Rated PG-13.
3: Hello folks, this is Rico and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly podcast on all things geeky and and otherwise whatever I feel like. <laughs> Today is July 21st, 2013. This will be podcast 446 and on today's show Besides that uh, cool little TV spot trailer for R.I.P.D., which I just saw a couple of nights ago, and I'll review spoiler-free and talk about it a little bit on today's show, along with Pacific Rim and other things I've seen recently. We're going to look at uh, a TNG episode. We're going to look at The Price. This is from Season 3 of TNG, and I'll probably just play the episode today and comment along with it. Also going to talk about some latest news, a lot of news coming out of Comic-Con out in San Diego this uh, this week and this weekend. A lot of things announced related to TV, movies, uh, a lot of video trailers and other stuff coming out from uh, from California. So uh, that's going to be fun to, to see and, and talk about. Uh, I'm just going to probably open the show with that kind of discussion and talk about those movies and other things. Hope everyone's had a good week. Thanks so much to Mark for uh, doing his very classic or another classic review last week of It, to Terror from Beyond Space. Uh, it, uh, You know, those movies, I, I love watching those movies even to this day just because they're just... They're just fun, you know. They're they're. I I think sometimes in a way they when they came out they were a little schlocky, but, um, but anyway, um, it, it's just fun to watch. They're still enjoyable things to see. And thanks, Mark, for doing that. Looking forward to the next one. So, uh, without any further ado, let's uh do it. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I
1: present the
4: winners.
2: 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black.
5: I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run
4: for your life. My name is Optimus Prime.
5: Future support Resistance is futile.
2: Yes, its strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Iron
6: oh. oh, Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate, but it's a gold. Oh, Lord
1: I'm sorry Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that
3: This is a reach call and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi Hello again how's everybody doing this uh this week been a couple of weeks uh, since I was here last I think the last time I was here uh, I did that uh, we did that Conan cast but anyway um, just uh, getting through July. Pretty been pretty hot the last week here in Michigan. There's your weather report. But today we're going to do a pretty normal show. I might even have a collectible towards the end of today's podcast, uh, along with the TNG episode. But let's first get right into some news and, and and some things going on. First, I'll talk about two movies I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Last weekend I saw Pacific Rim, uh, the you know the big giant robot uh, from Guillermo del Toro. Uh, giant robots killing giant monsters from the deep. Uh, you know, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I fig- think it, it kind of felt like it was this year's, this summer's Transformers kind of movie. The uh, I, I, the only things I, I thought about this movie. I mean, the action and stuff was was great. Although I still say that I, I wish some of the uh, the the fighting and the action wasn't always in like at the at night with rain. You know, I don't know what it is about this. Uh, you know, some of these movies that. I know darker is easier to do for the effects and stuff, but uh, and maybe they look cooler, better. I don't know, but um, but the uh, there was a lot of cliches. I thought in this movie, you know, I thought that there was you know the rival uh, pilots for these big robots. There was a love interest. There was the bit the hard nosed commander guy. There were the mad scientist type geeky weirdo kind of guys. I mean, it just. Uh, it, it was kind of, I thought, a, a little bit of a weak script because of all of that. And the, um, you know, not terrible by any means, but I, I just felt that it was, you know, real by the numbers kind of stuff. And, uh, the, you know, the, there was some interesting things involving the robots and how they were controlled and, and, the, and the creatures from the deep. And, and the um, it was a fun movie. I think it's definitely for, if you like, if it looks appealing to you from the previews, You know, definitely something to see in the theaters just because of the scale and the effects and all that. But uh, I was hoping for a little bit more from the story and the plot, I I think. And uh, the other movie, moving on, uh, I'm gonna try to go through some of this quickly. A lot of stuff to cover. Um, But the other one that I saw that I I think I enjoyed more uh, was R.I.P.D. Uh, I saw that just on Friday night when it opened. Saw it with my older son who was around town, and this is the one with Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds. They're there are a couple of lawmen who who have died, and again, this is all in the preview that I even played at the beginning of today's podcast, so no surprises. But the in the afterlife, uh, there's this thing of some of the dead are able to, to slip back to Earth and cause problems and havoc and, and trouble on Earth, and these guys' job are to sort of go down capture them or or even kill them completely and uh and bring them back and, and stop them and uh and there's other little things there's an interesting thing again in the preview you see all this where the two of them don't look like uh, look like themselves anymore so if they try to contact any of their loved ones or whatever they don't really recognize them uh ryan reynolds character is like this old chinese guy that's how he appears to others and jeff bridges is like this supermodel blonde type uh, again all this is in the preview it, it's it brings up some funny stuff i thought because of that it's not like they just made them both kind of look like guys but just a little different in the face than they normally are i mean they they went pretty far you know one one way and the other so i think it's there's it creates a lot of like humorous moments i i, I called this movie kind of a combination of men in black and, and Hellboy a little bit uh, little supernatural elements in it uh, are the hellboy parts and the um the men in black you know you've got the kind of experienced older agent guy and the young you know cocky kind of ryan Reynolds character here so Kevin Bacon is also in this movie, has a, a pretty important part, so I, I won't say too much more there, but the uh, yeah, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun, a lot of cool effects. The guns that they carry are these monster big barreled guns that shoot these glowing little bullets that work on the dead. And just they can't do, you know, use obviously normal weapons, of course. But, yeah, it's a good movie. Real fun. And uh, check it out when you get a chance. Lots of stuff still coming uh, this summer to see at the movies. We have next weekend Wolverine, the Wolverine coming out. I, I have real high hopes for that. I'm really excited to see that movie. Uh, I hope it's uh, it is good and as intense as it looks. It's rated PG-13, which, you know, they can get away with a lot in PG-13 movies these days. Some people might say, you know, Wolverine should be an R-rated movie, you know, but I, I think you can still show Wolverine as he should be, you know, in a PG-13 movie. You don't need to show the guts spilling out when he, like, skewers a guy with his claws. I mean, to make it, you know, it, it doesn't really... You know, there's a lot of stuff they can just sort of quickly you know flash by but uh you know and again pg-13 there's a lot of things they can show so um that looks good i like the idea that from the previews you know wolverine maybe becoming mortal for in in some way for a time Uh, i'm sure it won't be permanent i'm sure he'll get his full powers and healing factor back they won't take that away they uh they aren't going to mess around with one of the the main marvel characters you know in the world so um but, uh, yeah, that's next weekend. And then we've got, what do you got in, in August? We have, as far as genre-type stuff, we have Elysium with Matt Damon, which looks uh, looks really cool, uh, by the same guy who worked on uh, District 9. Was it District 9? I always forget, I always think I'm saying it, the, or was it District 13 or 9? I don't know, whatever that sci-fi movie was like, from a couple of years ago. Uh, and, uh, we also have kick-ass two coming out, which looks great. I love those comics. I love the first kick-ass movie. So this one looks, I think even better and, and more intense and, and a lot of fun. So I uh, got a couple of things and, and there's, there's a few more, I think, uh, in, in August that I'm just forgetting about at this point in time. But, uh, I think with that, I'm going to take a short break. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, a few other little details, TV, a little bit of movie stuff, Oh, one last thing before I take the break. Did you hear about the uh, Avengers, uh, what the next Avengers movie is going to be about? Well, hey, I'll play a little game for a change. I don't usually do this, but I'll tease you with that. And then I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back. And what's coming out of Comic-Con 2013 about the Avengers and more? Be back in a minute.
7: Hi, this is Chris. And this is Rick. And we're the hosts of the ragtag fugitive podcast we're celebrating the original battlestar galactica series and we're doing that by uh watching an episode in total and commenting on it as it runs and you know what's really fun about it is we're attempting to bring guest hosts in with us so that we can talk kind of like that mystery science theater kind of thing. And we sometimes we make a little fun of the episode and sometimes we talk about how cool it is, so you just never know what you're going to get
3: when you listen. Yes. So come and join us. We're on iTunes. You can find us by searching for Ragtag Fugitive Podcast and we're on the Stitcher Radio Network.
7: You also can visit our cool website and make comments and have fun looking around in the officers lounge and all that jazz by going to Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. You have our word as a warrior.
2: Word as a warrior?
7: Plank down your cubits and come on over and let's play a game of Pyramid, the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast.
3: By your okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, as far as Avengers, Avengers 2 coming in the summer of 2015 along with, uh, well, the proposed uh, time that we're going to get the next Star or the, you know, the first of the, the next trilogy of the Star Wars films supposed to be out in 2015 also. I, I, I'm really starting to doubt whether we're gonna get Star Wars in just two years. You know, I guess that the screenplay for that has been uh, finished. Uh, and and you know, but still t- two years to make a movie like that is nothing you know so we'll see i hope it happens i i hope they get their butts going and, and get going on it we got to hear some casting soon and you know there's a lot of stuff that still has to that that needs to start getting getting done so but as far as avengers avengers the new the title of the movie for the second avengers film is avengers age of ultron now this got announced at comic con uh, joss whedon he uh, he made a surprise appearance at the tail end, I guess, of the Marvel Studios uh, Comic Con panel, and this is about uh, you know what he's going to work on. He's directing this obviously and working on the the script and the story. Now there has been a current or re- very recent. Uh, run on a Marvel comic called Age of Ultron. And for those that don't follow comics very much or, or read them, the basic story is, is about this is Ultron is this super sophisticated robot uh, created by, actually created by Hank Pym. Uh, and uh, he is, our Henry Pym, he is also known as Ant-Man uh, in, or Giant-Man in, in Marvel. And he's been other characters, Yellow Jacket and others. But this giant robotic form uh, basically wipes out most of humanity uh, and, and and kills most of the Avengers and things like that happen. And one of the things that happens actually in the, the comic series uh, that uh, this has all been out for a while, but it's sort of a time travel thing because they uh, the Avengers decide that if they can go back in time to stop Ultron from being created by Henry Pym, in some if there's some way for them to do that they can you know stop ultron from being built therefore ultron can't mess the world up like he does now this is just the comic side of it whether this is going to be sort of incorporated into the movie or whatever uh they it's hard to say also in the age of ultron comic series wolverine has a pretty important role in that and and technically marvel studios does not have the rights to wolverine uh on the big screen so uh that i i find this a sticky a little bit of a sticky issue and i wish they would figure out a way to resolve this 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 idea that some of the marvel comic book characters have been optioned and are owned by other studios now and they can't be part of this marvel verse that they've created and it's especially with a character you know character like Wolverine uh, who's who becomes you know important in a lot of different books and a lot of different uh, storylines. So uh, but anyway, that is the story. I have a feeling uh, you know that they will take some elements from what's what they've done in the comics and uh, and then we'll see what happens. Who knows maybe instead of Han- Henry Pym maybe it'll be Tony Stark since he's got obviously he knows how to build machines and robots and things like that with the Iron Man's that he created, especially in the last Iron Man movie where there's all these different types of Iron Man robots, maybe they will use him. And maybe they'll change it completely. Maybe it'll be, uh, maybe it'll be uh, Tony Stark that creates Ultron instead or something. Who knows? I kind of think it won't be. I kind of think they'll introduce Henry Pym. And, uh, you know, we'll see how, what happens with that. But, uh, and let's see, what else did we want to cover before I get into the, uh, the episode of TNG? Well, let's cover some let's cover some Trek related stories, and then we'll get into the uh, Star Trek episode. One thing about um, Star Trek Into Darkness, which is still showing in some theaters, a few limited theaters, I think, still have it here after two months. Uh, they uh, they've announced the official release date for the movie on DVD, Blu Ray, digital, and stuff. It is coming out on September tenth, twenty thirteen. Well, obviously this year, yeah, but. Uh, although I guess, you know, way in the past, they used to be a a year before movies would come out. So that's pretty fast, but even faster than that, I guess what I'm reading here, if you, if you order the, um, the, uh, I don't know if it's part of the sets, if you can get it this way, check Amazon or iTunes, but you can get a digital download of the movie even, uh, three weeks before that on August 20th 2013 you'll be able to digitally download the movie uh into darkness and then you can uh you know so that's uh pretty cool i guess the you know they've been experimenting with that where they're going to have these digital download releases before the physical discs are available uh, probably a way for them to even double dip and get people who are excited to see it and who want to watch the digital buy the digital download and then buy the disc later or whatever so, and a lot of these, you know, you get the whole package once you buy it, and and of course, there's, uh, you know, lots of extras that are going to be on these. Let's see, I'm looking over the Blu-ray extras. Uh, creating the Red Planet. Here's some of the extra features. Uh, this is about creating the alien world that you see at the beginning of the movie. The attack on Starfleet. Uh, Klingon homeworld. Enemy of my enemy. These are just the names of the different extras. Uh, Ship to ship, brawled by the bay, and continuing the mission. So, you know, lots of extra features. You can get that uh, cool phaser replica if you order the uh, gift set, which is what I did finally, off of Amazon. They've got a neat gift set where you get the movie, of course. Blu-ray and all that extra stuff along with this um, QMX uh, phaser replica that they're doing. With a rotating barrel and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, we got uh, we got that to look forward to pretty soon. No, still word on uh, the next uh, Trek movie. Although Zachary Quinto recently uh, made some a little bit of noise on on you know where he was being talked to, and he says that he's heard that they're going to try to film the next movie next year, sometime in 2014. But sometime next year, they're going to try to film that. Which probably makes J.J. Abrams as a director in, really impossible. Just it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen even if they don't film it next year. I just think J.J. with Star Wars going is going to have too much going on to direct. He'll be involved. They've they've said he's going to be involved in the in the production to some degree as probably an executive producer. But the uh, you know he just won't be able to direct, which is fine. I think they can get a, a good director. They've established a certain look and a certain style, and the actors certainly know what to do. So that, that I think, uh, you know, a director coming into this series at this point, it frankly, has a little bit of an easier job of things with all of that established, especially if they, you know, just try to stick to that kind of pattern to a degree. No, of course, word on what the movie's going to be about or any of that. I still think the movie won't come out until 2016, which will be the 50th anniversary of, of Trek, uh, and they may film it next year at the end of towards the end of 2014 perhaps but it but i'll bet you it still doesn't come out until 2016 for one 2015 for movie releases is turning into a pretty big year i mean you'll have the second avengers movie you'll have the star wars movie I think Star Trek would not want to come out that year. I don't know what's coming out in 2016 at this point in time. I'm sure things are scheduled. they I was just reading in Entertainment Weekly, the the latest issue was talking about how far out they sched, they're scheduling movies right now. They've actually scheduled out the next three like Spider-Man movies for the next, like, every other year. So 2014, we're going to get the next Amazing Spider-Man with Electro, Jamie Foxx playing Electro. That's next summer. And then two years later... Th- in 2016, they're going to have another Spider-Man. And in 2018, they're going to have another. Because they, from what I've heard, these next three Spider-Man films are going to have, there's going to be things in the next film that are going to kind of set up things going on in the following two. So they're not filming them at the same time. That uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I've heard that they're not. Maybe they'll do two and three or, or three and four, whatever you want to call it. But the next one, I think, is pretty much finished filming. That comes out next summer with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone back. And like I said, Jamie Foxx playing Electro. So that's cool. And we've got a lot of stuff coming up and looking forward to. And TV, uh, there was a lot of things coming out of Comic-Con related TV. I'll just go quick through this. There's a cool new preview for the second season of Arrow. Uh, summer Glau is joining the cast. If you've not watched this show, you should be watching this. This is the it, Arrow is a great series. It's, it's, it's really good. Uh, each episode last year, I think, just got better and stronger and it ended on a, a really high note. And the, the main character, the main guy, uh, Stephen Amnell, is, who plays Green Arrow or plays the hooded guy or the hood in, in, that they call on the show. Actually, there's, there's hints uh, online now from coming out of Comic-Con and in the trailer that he's going to finally go by the name. They're going to work it into the series and he'll actually finally be called Green Arrow. Also, uh, but that's, uh, you know, just just lots of good stuff coming there. There's a new preview for the the next season, the season four of The Walking Dead, which I finally caught up on the comics and love those and love the the series. It's had its ups and downs over the years, but I I, I still find the the series fascinating from a character standpoint. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that coming back in October. So that's, uh, I think, all, all, all I really can cover right now. We're about 20 minutes into the podcast. Now's a good breaking point. Let's get into the TNG episode from Season 3 called The Price. And I'll be playing the episode here in a moment and commenting as we watch, in a, or as I watch and as you listen to this uh, third season episode of TNG. Here we go. Alright, here we go with the price.
1: Computer, dispatches. A research inquiry from the Manitoba Journal of Interplanetary Psychology and three communiques from your mother.
4: Transfer the letters from my mother to the view screen. And computer, I would like a real chocolate sundae.
1: Define real in context, please.
4: Real. Not one of your perfectly synthesized, ingeniously enhanced imitations. I would like real chocolate ice cream, real whipped cream,
1: this unit is programmed to provide sources of acceptable nutritional value. <laughs> your request does not fall within current guidelines. Please indicate whether you wish to override the specified program.
5: Listen. The to Counselor Troy. Now what?
4: Yes, Captain. The pleasure of your company
5: is requested, Counselor. We are um, we're having a little impromptu reception for the arriving delegates.
4: Captain, I'm not really dressed for a reception.
5: Counselor, just throw on any old thing. We're about to get our first look at the wormhole. Of
3: course,
4: Captain. I'm oh, on
3: Counselor, my way. throw on any old thing. It's okay.
4: God forbid I should miss my first look at the wormhole.
3: Throw on that little thing you had on an encounter at Farpoint. Yes. Yeah.
5: May I escort you, Miss Troy?
4: Just tell me there's some chocolate here.
5: Ah, Counselor Troy. Will you allow me to do the introductions? This is Premier Bavani of Bazan. Counselor Diana Troy.
4: Your discovery has produced a great
1: deal of excitement, Premier. Hopefully, it will also produce a new era of prosperity for my people.
5: We'll see to that. You know Mr. Mendoza, the Federation negotiator. Mm-hmm. Pleasure to see you again, Councillor Troy. This is a worthy Federation competitor in the bidding, Léor of the Chaldonians. Madame.
6: Right and I'm Devonani Rao. Ship's Councillor Deanna Troy. My good friend Raul is
5: the best hired gun in the business.
4: Hired gun?
6: My good friend Mendoza means that I'm a negotiator who serves a variety of clients. On this particular occasion, I represent the Quesalians.
1: I believe it's almost time, isn't it, Captain?
6: Indeed. It will be visible directly
3: ahead. So there is obviously some kind of connection or. or uh, uh, Energy is it always whatever, on time Bavani? with this always. uh Devani character and Counselor Chow. Our Troy.
1: scientists say it's due to radiation buildup in the accretion disk. The visible bursts, so
3: they're all in 10 forward looking out here now at 10 forward.
1: There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the first and only stable wormhole known to exist.
3: The first, but not the only in a a few years. It's been a little while since we covered a TNG episode. Uh, Let me uh, go through some of the basics of this episode while uh, while the opening uh, credits play. We've got uh, episode... Uh, this is episode 8 for season 3 of TNG called The Price. It first aired way back on November 13th, 1989. Woo! That's that's taking me back. <laughs> this episode uh, is, is written by Hannah Louise Shearer, uh, directed by Robert Shearer. Uh, although their names... Let's see. Oh, I don't think they're related. They're spelled a little differently. So... Uh, that's weird. Anyway, this uh, it's mostly a Troy story uh, about this uh, wormhole and, and negotiations that go on. Uh, but I, I I like this one. There's there's quite a few little other side stories going on in it, uh, and it it's just a nice little sort of standalone episode. Uh, they've um, they also introduced the concept. I think this is the first time we get this concept of a of a wormhole. And, of course, that became such a big part of Deep Space Nine and Star Trek history and everything that I think it's a, it's kind of a key thing, key episode here. Also, a nice group of... I always like episodes where there's a nice group of aliens aboard when they have sort of a uh, some kind of a, a meeting or a conference of some kind. I, I like it when they bring in other characters and other uh, people to mix around with the crew. So that makes it interesting, too. The... Uh, the episode again uh the price i think it's uh, gonna be fun so i'm looking forward to watching it again and talking about it as we go
5: captain's log start 43385.6 we are orbiting barzan 2 which is entertaining bids for control of what appears to be a stable
1: wormhole which could provide a permanent shortcut to the distant gamma quadrant as you all know the environment on my planet Completely inhospitable to most other life forms. So I'd like to express my appreciation to you, Captain Picard, for hosting these negotiations. The Bazan has been a society dependent on others for generations. We want that to end. The appearance of this stable wormhole in our space provides us with our first true natural resource. We have neither the experience nor the technology to exploit it, but you do. Excuse me,
0: it's a delegation of Ferengi that wishes to be beamed aboard, sir.
5: Were you expecting the Ferengi, Premier?
1: No, but I do not wish to create ill will, Captain. If they are interested in bidding, I have no objection.
5: Chief O'Brien, this is Captain Picard. Will you beam the Ferengi directly to the observation lounge?
2: Aye, sir.
3: Ah, the Ferengi. Of course they want something, you know. On
2: behalf of all Ferengi, I protest. Why were we not invited to these negotiations?
1: My apologies. We did not anticipate your interest. You're welcome to join us.
2: My name is Damon Goss, and these are my counsels Cole and Dr. Eridor.
5: We'll need chairs. I'm Captain Picard of the Enterprise. I am serving as host for these
2: proceedings. Good. Then see to it, we get some chairs. Let me explain. Fine, fine. Just have your Klingon servant get us some chairs. I'm in charge of security.
5: <laughs>
2: then who gets the chairs?
5: <laughs> Damon, due to the delicate nature of these negotiations, all parties have agreed that one representative will suffice. Now I will be happy to provide your consuls with accommodations, and you may have my chair.
2: Very well.
3: Premier? and so Picard just walks out gives him his chair and lets them Cold. sit down and uh,
2: gentlemen this way we can handle all the pleasantries later now let's get down to business
3: he's got this big
2: match bag offer of and add the gold on top of it <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's got this big bag of like gold pressed latinum
1: born Brussels European Alliance relocated at age 19 to Herko' three
4: come in
6: can I call for an appointment no
3: so Troy's like just
4: looking over some personnel files yeah oh, looking up bad. this
3: guy and he walks in on her thought you might be thinking about me
4: I thought you'd be deep in negotiations by now
6: in recess. I never play the opening rounds anyway. This
3: uh, actor, Matt in McCoy, he turns up in a lot of television that, uh, at, of the era. I've seen him show. on a lot of other TV shows.
6: Like dinner tonight?
4: What about your traveling companion?
6: My traveling companion is... traveling. I sent her home. Why? You know why?
4: Weren't you getting along? Don't do that. What?
6: Don't do Counselor Troy. Was I? Yes, you were.
3: Yeah, he had a girl with him when they when they first met, and of course, you know, now he's interested in you Troy.
6: Office. Who are you? Oh, so that's how it goes. You never do. Never do leave the office
3: (laughs) so now he's like you know running his hand through her hair and she's just sitting there like oh okay which is kind of I found it a little surprising of how quickly she uh, she just sort of responds to him here And I think they tried to indicate that, you know, in the beginning of the episode, she's pretty, pretty spent out and pretty stressed. So maybe, maybe it's understandable, although they never really went into why she was that way, but, uh... The readings from the Barzan's probe of the wormhole
7: are quite impressive, Captain. The wormhole delivered the probe beyond the Denkiri arm in the Gamma Quadrant.
5: It would take nearly a century at warp nine to cover that distance.
7: The same distance could be achieved in a matter of seconds through the wormhole. Uh, Imagine the Ferengi collecting tolls
0: if
5: we lose to them. I don't think the Ferengi are the greatest threat of the table. With all of Damon Goss's bluster, they don't have the resources the Barzans need. Mm -hmm. I think that Devanani is the one that we need to watch out for.
0: An accurate observation. How did you recognize that? Well, he was the most comfortable
5: one in the group. You must play poker, Commander. Poker? Is that a game of some sort? Commander Riker conducts master classes in poker. Our skills are not dissimilar, Commander. Mr. Mendoza, if this lives up to its billing, it will be a discovery of extraordinary value. But it is a very big if. A wormhole is there one moment and then
7: gone the next. A stable wormhole is unheard of. Are you saying this may not be what it seems? The Barzans do not have manned space travel, so they had to resort to an automated probe. Its findings are limited. It cannot be determined from these charts how stable the wormhole really is, or how long it will remain intact. The Federation could end up buying a proverbial lemon. Proverbial lemon?
5: Later data. Aye, sir. Of Hmm. course, that means once the contract is negotiated and closed, we would be obliged to fulfill the terms. I think we should take a look for ourselves.
3: Well, what not they ever like, you know,
5: know about
3: like uh, you know, if the wormhole is stable for the next the whatever number of years, they could read, you know, like put that volunteers. into the contract hmm. or something.
5: Nobody's going in there until we have done a full sensor analysis. I want to do everything possible to determine that it is safe and when I'm satisfied, then you data and Commander LaFord will enter the wormhole
2: tomorrow. Ah. Just a moment of discomfort for a good cause, Damon. You understand this will not be lethal. Doctor, you surprise me. I have no wish to kill anyone. A short-term crippling will suffice. <laughs> then this will be just fine. A distillation of your own blood parasites, Harmless to you, undetectable by the ship's biofilters. But when absorbed through your victim's skin, it will provoke an extreme allergic reaction. I'd say it's time to extend the hand of the Ferengi to the representative of the Federation.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're back with Troy. Much better. And she's put on this, like, blue Thank dress you. and let her hair down, kind of. And Come in for a drink? And the, uh... I can't say this guy's name. What is it? Ah, Devonnie Ralph. Not your style. Well, conformity is not my style. What would you like? Diviani, something like that. <laughs> I'd even like another.
6: Well, there she is again, Counselor Troy.
4: I'm not. Computer, champagne
6: for two.
3: Sorry, I think I've uh, accidentally sped up the video here. Hang on. Am I moving too fast for you? Sorry about that. <laughs> this player i'm using if you i, I accidentally I'm click something and it it double speeded it like or something for for a few minutes or seconds
4: i haven't been able to stop thinking about you all day
3: some nice music in this episode too i've thought that uh, you know a little different than their normal you know dramatic kind of Star Trek kind of TNG music that they do. This is this is kind of a more relationshipy, you know, love story kind of music.
6: I must have had a
3: nice day.
4: Anticipation is fun.
3: Some of the other uh, actors here: Bavani is Elizabeth Hoffman. The Mendoza character is Castillo Guerra. Guerra. I think very late. And now he picks up Troy in his arms and carries her off. Then we cut to another scene where we see Mendoza. He's going down the one of the corridors. He looks pretty messed up.
4: Mr. Mendoza,
5: I seem to be a bit
3: warm. I need he some ma- help here. Makes his way to sick bay. And he passes out, You attempt to gain every unfair advantage, Picard. Premier Bavani
2: has no objection. Well, I most certainly do. First you conveniently arrange to play host. Then you plan to send a man probe into the wormhole. The Federation thinks it can do anything it wants to. Why will I tolerate it? I will gladly
5: share the results of our explorations with all the delegates.
2: And you expect us to believe what you report? This episode. In your own probe. Gus, that's exactly what I intended. They've got to. Uh, listed you
3: quite a few extra way. scenes that weren't included here too. The episode actually was titled first "A Price Far Above Rubies." And, and there was other scenes cut. Uh, out out there was way. a scene, especially between Troy and O'Brien later on, talking about relationships that was cut out of the episode.
1: Captain Picard, please come to
3: A mentioning. Mentioning it, you know, because some of these new Blu-rays for TNG, they've been including some of this extra stuff.
1: obviously not life-threatening. It's some kind of system-wide histaminic reaction. He certainly can't go back to negotiations for several days.
5: Will you keep me informed?
1: Hmm.
5: Federation's top negotiator, taken out by mysterious ailment. Suspicions. with the ferengi around always you'll have to fill in number one me well i'm the designated host it will be a most awkward transition you're the next likely choice and mr mendoza will certainly agree he's quite impressed by your natural instincts excuse me sir but those weren't natural instincts those were poker instincts a card game doesn't exactly prepare me for this yes the stakes are higher but then isn't that when the game gets interesting commander
6: <laughs> the wormhole will reappear in thirty seconds, sir.
3: I like the pod I like it when Riker gets to use to use line, his uh, you know, Riker type skills when they, they take advantage of that stuff. So now they're setting out a shuttle. Ferengi
8: pod, this is Lieutenant Commander LaForge and, and the Enterprise shuttle.
3: And Ferengi this ship is, is joining. Marindor.
8: Go ahead. Would you care to take the point, Doctor? We will gladly yield that honor to you, Lieutenant Commander. You know, if this doesn't work, the thought of spending the rest
7: of my life in here is none too appealing. There is a bright side, Jordy. You will have me to talk to. <laughs> it is visible, Captain.
3: Proceed when ready. This kind of looks like a, the wormhole, that you, the effect that they use, oh, sorry, super loud. Uh, it looks like it kind of a, more of a giant donut uh, here than it did in Deep Space Nine's wormhole.
0: A complete analysis of our bid is available on the ship's computer for your consideration.
6: Commander, I realize what a difficult position this must be for you. If you don't understand something, I hope you won't be too embarrassed to ask me. I think I have an idea what the rules are. Well, that's what makes it so interesting. The rules of the game change to fit the moment. Not unlike commanding a starship, Mr. Rawl. Well, Mr. Riker's placed a, a great deal of emphasis on defense, a subject he obviously knows well, having served Starfleet in a number of conflicts. Now, the chrysalians were enemies to no one, and we choose to remain that way. Neutral. Neutral and uninvolved, sir, in virtually all interstellar matters of consequence. No one would claim that the chrysalians are as powerful as the mighty Federation. But we have resources, and technology, and scientists too. But we also have had peace for 10 generations.
3: Kind of no, interesting to me that they get a human for mm-hmm. negotiating, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more negotiations for a few days. you know the humanoids interacting with the people who kind of control the wormhole right now make a little more sense, perhaps
4: Ra. who are you?
3: Oh, so that's how you say the name. Now, what do your Betazoid
6: senses tell you about me?
4: Not much. My human physical response must be blocking them out. Good. It never happened to me before.
6: I rather like that I'm more difficult to read than your other men.
4: There aren't any others currently.
6: What about Commander Reich?
4: Who have you been talking to?
6: No one. No one. I just uh, sensed something when I saw the two of you together.
4: Will Riker and I are good friends.
3: Uh Aha. So now they're pretty much in bed together here. Uh, This scene was kind of a little bit controversial at the time, you know. TNG Uh. wasn't really, you know, the sex show. (laughs) It was like... So to see uh, How come we're
4: talking about me instead of you Troy
3: with this guy and they're rubbing she like body oils over each other well, it was a bit much for the for TNG the at counselor. the time but I I mean I you know it's like do people think this oh, didn't happen on a you. on a deep space mission for right for ages of you know years and years so happened of course on the original series all the time you know no, Captain you Kirk but uh, when I first saw you
4: I felt as if I'd been waiting for you. I'm trying to understand why or how that's
6: possible. Does it matter?
3: The director said he was he was especially impressed with uh, Marina and I her will. performance in this episode. You, he, plus he didn't he never really had a chance to work to tell anyone else. with her as much in previous times, so What? I
6: am part betazoid too. My mother was one half, I am one quarter.
4: You're empathic?
6: The only one of five children. I must admit I was... I was never as comfortable sensing emotions as you seem to be.
2: So
4: that's why you left Earth? Yes.
6: I learned to live with it, use it, as, as you have. still it isolates us doesn't it and I thought it always would so I tucked my heart away I didn't need it I didn't want it at the negotiating table it can be fatal to have a heart but I never realized how much I needed mine until I looked at you
3: Again, this is a, a good, you know, use of music. I think it's a pretty good scene. They uh, it, I, I enjoy when they get to uh, show the characters out of their of element.
8: Filtering in from the
3: so now the shuttle pod and the Frankie vessel have come out of the wormhole.
7: Monitors are functioning normally again. Pretty
3: rough ride, normally really.
2: Pod. Everybody in one piece over there? Our condition is no concern of yours, Enterprise Shuttle. We are competitors in this venture, not partners. Ferengi Pod, out. Yeah, happy
0: landings to you, too. Curious. Hmm. We
7: are not where we are supposed to be. What do you mean? We're on the other side of the wormhole, aren't we? According to the Barzan probe, we should be in the Gamma Quadrant. But these readings clearly indicate we are nearly 200 light-years away in sector 3556 of the delta quadrant. Maybe the Barzan readings were wrong. Perhaps the readings were correct. Their probe could have exited the wormhole at a completely different location.
8: Hmm. Data, my visor is picking up subatomic fluctuations. Meson and lepton activity is definitely
7: increasing. Gravitational acceleration is also increasing.
6: Something very strange is happening to this wormhole.
3: Yeah, so basically they got popped out at a different spot. You know, the, the, the wormhole, instead of going where the probe went, went not nearly as far.
4: Sorry.
3: Okay, so now we have <sighs> Counselor Troy and Dr. Crusher in leotards and a very 80s-style really exercise okay. outfits.
4: <laughs> Devon, non, it's ridiculous and wonderful. I feel completely out of control. Happy, terrified.
3: I think this is a redress of not- one of the other sets. Uh-oh, I think I just stopped the uh, thing again. Sorry about this.
4: Happy, terrified.
3: Sorry about that. keep having that problem today.
4: This. Who needs rational when your toes curl up? I'm afraid I'm going to lose myself. I can't get enough of him. Is it possible to fall in love in one day? I did. It was like this for you and Jack? No. It was another fella. I fell in love in a day. It lasted a week. But what a week. Then I met Jack. Oh, took months to figure it out with him. Well, then maybe I should slow down, catch my breath not let this thing get out of control.
3: This episode also is the nah. one that started this idea of quadrants in the in the galaxy. I get no. The four quadrant system that they use uh, and the um the idea of this wormhole counselor's office is used. I'm just going through some of the things that are r- commented on. To be on honest, I was in the memory alpha to listing. See
6: the Caldonians here at all,
3: First time I think we see that you must Ferengi think pod. Caldonia very insular, Mr. Rob.
6: Oh, no, no, not at all.
3: And then the not Counselor's Troy the loving chocolate is a big thing, We respected your world's commitment to pure research.
6: It's just that, well... Go on. Please. Well, scholars don't always enjoy administrative demands. And certainly we've seen here that the administration of the wormhole is... Yes, I must admit. I have begun to feel some trepidation about that. Yes, I'm sure you have, Leor. <laughs> I'm sure we all have. Do you realize that in the next century the number of ships that
1: will pass... Gentlemen, this open session is called by request of the Caldonian delegation.
5: Madame Bavani, Caldonio withdraws from these proceedings.
1: For what reasons, Leor?
5: It has been made very clear that the maintenance and administrative requirements are beyond our abilities.
0: Leor, the Federation would like to negotiate a trade agreement in which we could acquire your planet's rich deposits of trillium three two three, which we would add to our bid, Premier Bavani. My apologies, we have already reached an agreement with the Chrysalians, Mister Rahl. You either had very good instincts or a foreknowledge of the Caldonian withdrawal.
6: Well, some people just don't like to transact business with the Federation, Commander. The Chrysalians hereby add the Caldonian Tyrillium 323 to its bid premiere.
8: I'm telling you, it's changing. I can see it with my visor.
2: I have no intention of leaving yet. We have not finished taking our readings. Listen, Doctor. Your
8: readings must be telling you the same things we're getting. This is not the gamma quadrant.
2: I will
7: not confirm your speculations. This is not a speculation, Doctor. We are not where the Barzans said we should be, which would indicate this side of the wormhole is not stable.
8: There are meson and lepton fluctuations. Local gravitational fields are increasing exponentially. Everything says we better get the hell out of here. It will be visible I again in about this is... 40 seconds. We will make our own judgments then. Oh. He... I can see it now, and I'm telling you, you don't have time to wait. Not even 40 seconds. Ferengi pod out. Damn it, Arador! We're 70,000 light years away from our ships. Come on now. Follow us in. We'll lead you. Idiots. It's getting worse. I'm taking us in, data, with or without them. Thrusters
7: at half power. Three quarters. Entering outer event horizon.
3: The thing I don't get here is, is I thought the uh, wormhole had to both open back on the other end, too. You don't really see that. You know, I they thought it was only open occasionally, you know.
2: There. Precisely as scheduled, right where I expected it to be.
3: Oh, except it disappears on them. It opens for a second, and then it disappears, so the Ferengi seem to be stuck where they were.
4: Everyone was talking today about the way you absorbed the Caldonian bid.
6: Well, the opening was there. I took it.
4: Commander Riker didn't know how you managed it.
6: Let me tell you something about Commander Riker. He's good. He's the most dangerous man in that room to me.
4: But... He doesn't have an edge. Your edge.
6: Our edge. You make it sound unethical.
4: Isn't
6: it, Diana? It's just business.
3: They're having a little meal and Councilor Troy's an quarters, with their little stabby I forks. I, I always think it's something. funny with these forks they use. They look like they're. Their harpoons. I think you don't
4: tell them so you can gain an advantage
6: well I gained an advantage by using it with you you didn't seem to mind that
3: yeah that's maybe not the best thing to say
6: look Deanna the point of negotiating is to take advantage I don't know what the other side is offering and they don't know what I'm offering so we dance around each other until somebody wins. I never cry foul when I lose.
4: But you're reading their emotional states, their inner selves, and then using that to manipulate them.
6: Well, people have been doing that for thousands of years, just by listening carefully, by, by watching body language. I just happen to be better at it. You do it?
4: I do it to help my crew, not outmaneuver them. And I don't hide that I'm an empath.
6: Oh, so you announce it to every alien culture you encounter? Or do you use it to give your side an advantage? Yeah, he's making you some good the points, that's really. You about to attack that you sense that he may be bluffing? Or do you just tell it to your captain?
4: Mm-hmm, That's yep. different. That's a matter of protection.
6: Yes, protection your protection, your captain, your crew, your edge. Yes. Now it's a matter of life and death when you take the advantage. Me, I deal in property, exchanges. Nobody gets hurt. So you tell me, which one of us would you say has more of a problem with ethics? Excuse me.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much the beginning of the week, or the beginning of the end of the week long romance, I'd say. You know, I I could see both sides of that. I mean, you know, the. You would think that anyone who wants to enter a negotiation with the ability of empaths and telepaths in the galaxy, you'd want to use one of them. I mean, it would be ridiculous. That gives you quite an edge. So why not use one? So I think they should all be doing it, but...
0: Bought out the Ferengi
6: yet, Raul? (laughs) Think I should give it a try?
0: No, but I think that you will. One way or another, it's gonna come
6: down to you and me. You know, you're very good at this. Very good. Much better than you realize. Well, I hope I'm better than you realize. (laughs) The last mile of the marathon is always the toughest. That's when the winners are willing to take the big risks. You willing to do that? We'll see, won't we? Well, let's see now. I'm prepared to reach a firm agreement with Bavani before we learn the outcome of your probe's expedition. Are you? Well, well, well. That would not be looked upon favorably by the Federation, I'd imagine. You see, you have to be willing to take that last step alone. Or it just isn't worth playing. Your point of view, not mine. Oh, I see that, Commander. I see that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be second in command of this starship. You know, I feel responsible for you in a way. Related. Deanna. We both love Deanna. Oh, in different ways, of course.
0: I will remove that burden of responsibility right now. My relationship with Deanna
6: stands very well, on its own, without any help from you. Of course it does. Of course it does. It's just that, well, she's a remarkable woman brilliant, lovely,
3: very passionate,
6: and she could have been yours, Will, but you just didn't do enough to
3: keep her. Okay, it's time to smack this guy now, right? Isn't it? I'd say. I'm here, (laughs) and I'm going to take her too. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah.
0: It's the first bad play I've seen you make. If you can bring happiness into Deanna's life. Nothing would please me more. You know, you're really not such a bad sort, Rawl, Except you don't have any values beyond the value of today's bid, that is. Deanna is just the woman to bring some meaning to your sorry existence, if you're smart enough to take it. (laughs) I doubt that you are
3: to the last mile. And then he, uh, Riker just downs his drink and walks out of 10 forward. Just, uh, good scene. Good stuff. Sir, the Ferengi vessel is moving out of orbit. Impulse power.
5: They are approaching the entry to the wormhole, sir. Computer, is the Ferengi Goss still on board the Enterprise?
1: Damon Goss departed the Enterprise at 1400 hours.
5: They are powering forward missile launchers, sir. Yellow alert. Hail the Ferengi. Request an explanation of your actions, Damon Goss.
2: I've learned from informed sources that the Federation has manipulated these negotiations from the very beginning and has already signed a secret agreement with the Barzans.
5: That is not true.
2: The Ferengi offer was never seriously considered.
5: Premier Bavani welcomed you to these proceedings despite my better judgment.
2: We will be ignored no longer.
5: They fired a missile directly at the opening, sir. Destroy it. On screen, firing phasers.
1: Your offers both have merit, gentlemen.
3: Yeah, so they destroyed the Ferengi missile.
5: Rugged <laughs> of a card. What's happening, Captain? Goss has fired a missile at the wormhole. I need you on the bridge, number one. Excuse me.
3: Yeah, a little trouble going on. Excuse me for saying
6: so under the circumstances, Premier, but. This fight seems to really be between the Federation and the Ferengi. (laughs) Now it seems unconscionable that your wormhole is being used as a pawn in their power struggle. You must know we will not allow you to do this. If the Ferengi cannot have the wormhole,
5: no one will. A missile will have no destructive effect on a wormhole. But if it should explode
2: near the shuttlecraft, they will be destroyed. Casualties of war, Captain. My men are prepared to die. Are yours?
4: Captain, he's lying. I'm almost sure of it. He doesn't mean what he says.
2: Why?
5: What is he doing it for, then?
1: Permission to enter the bridge, Captain.
6: Premier, with all due respect. Captain, I believe I'm in a better position to settle this with Damon Goss than you are. May I address him? Premier.
3: So they're up on the bridge here. The creepy guy, I'm gonna call him creepy guy now.
6: (laughs) I have nothing to say to you, Raoul. Well then, just listen. The planet Barzon has reached an agreement with the chrysalians for long-term control of the wormhole. Now, on behalf of the chrysalians, I'm prepared to offer the Ferengi free access to the wormhole in perpetuity. I have your word on this? Yes, my word, sir in exchange for Ferengi convoy privileges to be negotiated in good faith. This is an acceptable offer.
5: The Ferengi vessel has shut down its fort missile launcher. Stand down, let.
3: I... Yeah, that was a little too convenient, wasn't it?
1: I'm sorry you had to learn about my decision this way. You represented the Federation well. But I have come to believe that the Cressalians' tradition of peace is more desirable to my planet. Excuse me,
4: Premier, there's something you should know. I'm sorry, was there something you wanted to say?
3: No, not at all.
4: I sensed you suddenly felt uncomfortable.
6: Well, after all, it was a very tense situation.
4: But that's what's so odd. It wasn't tense at all. In fact, I sensed no tension from you or Goss. What?
3: Because it's a setup.
2: I was ready to blow it up! I strongly protest!
6: Screen off! Offered.
4: It was as though you were performing a scene for all of us.
6: Pardon me, Captain. I, I believe there's a slight conflict of interest here.
4: I agree entirely. Mr. Raal asked me not to tell anyone he has empathic powers, which he uses to manipulate his competitors in a negotiation. And yes, it did put me in a conflict of interest, which I hope I have now resolved. Premier, I believe Raúl has used your fear of continuing aggression between the Federation and its enemies to undermine our position. I also believe that this incident was staged by Raúl and Goss to provide you a reason to choose in favor of the Cressalians.
3: Exactly. Captain, it's the shuttlecraft. They're coming back through.
8: Shuttle 9 to Enterprise. Yeah,
3: Troy's pretty upset at this point.
8: This is Shuttle 9 reporting in. Barely. And the Ferengi port, Commander? Trapped on the other side, sir. In Delta Quadrant. We tried to warn them. They wouldn't follow us.
7: Elaborate. Captain, this end of the wormhole is currently stable. But the other end apparently shifts positions periodically. The Barzan probe had no way to recognize this. Eventually, both sides will be unstable. It's a dry well, Captain worthless
5: acknowledge shuttle main shuttle bay prepare for final approach aye sir captain damon goss is demanding to know where his men are advise him to set his coordinates for the delta quadrant he may run into them in 80 years or so mr rall
6: congratulations on winning the rights to the bars on wormhole I take the risks, Mr. Eicher, and I stand by my agreements.
3: So now he shows up at Troy's quarters later. You know, say goodbye, you know, just like, because I'm a creepoid.
4: When do you leave?
6: Soon. I've been recalled by the chrysalians. Explanations demanded and so forth. I'm sorry. I've done well for them over the years. They understand the stakes. It'll be fine. I'm sorry I I exposed you. Bavani was ready to go with the Federation. I sensed it. I'd used up every card in the deck. I needed to change the rules.
4: You must have known I couldn't allow you to do that.
6: My human physical response must have been blocking my Betazoid senses. grateful for what you did in a way it's made me take a hard look at who i am
3: and i don't like what i see i don't like what i see oh god that's what he does say I, to ask you to I had no idea that's head. what he was gonna say he did say that i don't so like I'm what i see again. that's such a classic line
6: i need you you could help me change you could you could be my conscience
3: He's almost getting through to her. Kisses her goodbye.
4: I already have a job as counselor.
3: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Besides, in a a few years, in a couple of movies, I'm going to marry Commander Riker. So, uh, you know. Oh, spoiler. Out, Enterprise. All right, so this you know episode, there. I think there's a, some fun stuff in this episode. It's a little different, not anywhere like a heavy, heavy tech episode. Obviously, a big episode about Troy, her being an empath. This other guy comes on, he's partially an empath, so it kind of makes sense that they kind of get together. Also makes sense he's a negotiator. This, this again, this episode brings in a couple of key things in Trek. The the wormhole, the quadrants, uh, and, and, and I kind of like the fact that those dumb Ferengi out there kind of are still stuck floating in the, uh, in the Delta Quadrant, I think, never to be heard from again, so, uh, so that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, it would have been kind of cool if, uh, you know, didn't Voyager run into some Ferengi at some point in time? I don't think they were supposed to be the same same Ferengi that got lost over there in the Delta Quadrant, uh, in this episode, but, uh, Hey, I'm going to take a very short break, and I will be back in a moment, and we're going to look at a, a cool collectible that I picked up this past week or that, that was shipped to my house this past week.
6: Hey, this is Larry Nimichek, the uh, <laughs> the mayor of Trekland, and you're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi.
3: All right, I'm back. Uh, yeah, the collectible that I wanted to talk about uh, is related to uh, the podcast that was done a couple of weeks ago. This is uh it I picked up off of eBay a replica of Conan's uh Atlantean sword uh the one that he uses for the majority of the Conan movie that Arnold uses. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love the sword. I can't do it as good as Chris, but anyway, this um it's an uh, engraved with the the little runes on the blade and it's it's the one that in the classic uh scene where you see conan kind of on the beach and he's swinging the sword around and and holding it over his head it's uh it's not super long of a sword this is you know roughly scale full scale you know to the uh to the movie one it's uh it's about 39 inches long the blade's about 28 inches It's made out of stainless steel. There's about a 5-inch leather-wrapped grip. It comes with a wooden display plaque that you can uh, hang it on the wall, which I I need to do, probably do that later today. Anyway, this, uh, I don't even really know who makes this. It came in kind of a plain cardboard uh, shipping container box. But it was uh, not expensive. I mean, it was like $69 shipped. Uh, you can buy some really amazing replica swords from the Conan film of a few th- up to even a few thousand dollars that are just amazing pieces, but I don't have a few thousand dollars to, to spend on a sword that's going to hang on a wall. But $60, $69, I I can do that, and it it looks good. It looks cool, and 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 it's well-built and and well-made. feels nice and hefty and and heavy in the hand, and, you know, i got to go outside sometime, maybe when no one else is around, and swing it around. I'm a little scared to swing it around too much in the basement. My basement's got a pretty good-sized drop ceiling, but you swing this baby around, and I'm pretty tall, so it would... uh, I'd probably end up with a few less, uh, a few less collectibles if I did that. But it's a cool piece. I will put a link to the this particular auction. These show up on eBay fairly regularly. There seems to be a couple different kinds. Pay attention to what the grips look like. I noticed that the grips, to me, on some of them look a little off compared to what I, I can I can tell the way it looks from the film. I thought this was the best of the, let's just say the lower price Conan swords I saw on eBay. But I'll put a link. Looks like they're still available from this same place, the same dealer, and it shipped really quick. I mean, I I I I want it off eBay or bought it up, buy it now off eBay, and I got it within like I think a week later. Uh, and uh, so I, you know no problem with this particular seller at least I didn't have so it's uh, it's cool. I've always wanted a sword from Conan I, I have a few others uh, different swords and daggers and things from different shows and, and movies down here in the in the Rico cave and and this is a good good piece to add to the collection. Uh, I need to pick up some more sometime. I've got my sting over there from lord of the rings well now in the used in the hobbit movies i have my Cull sword i have the dagger from prince of persia i have a sword from uh zoro what else do i have i just got a bunch of swords i'm, I'm ready for pretty much i'm ready for the the zombie apocalypse because i'm good like Michonne and uh in the walking dead I, I i think a sword would be a long sword would be about the best thing to be carrying around of some kind just because you never brought on ammo and you know that you can you can attack and and chop off zombie heads from a distance you know you don't have to get super close to them like you would with a small a small knife or something like that or even an axe or something i think a long sword would be great you know so i'm ready for the zombie apocalypse because that's what i worry about each day <laughs> oh one last thing i was going to tell everyone that i that i had happened this and this is sort of my public service announcement but about a week ago I was out cutting my lawn and I I got stung in the back of my leg just near my ankle on my uh, left uh, foot or leg or whatever you want to call it. And at first it just hurt, you know, it just, you know, I feel a sting and I don't know what it was really that stung me. Uh, But uh, within about a day and a half, two days, it had swollen up, it was all red, and it looked pretty nasty. I actually went into a, a, a doctor and saw him and and just got some he prescribed just antibiotics because he says these things can create like a bacterial infection and you know so it doesn't get any worse and and now about a week later it's it's feeling pretty good it's there's still a little bit of swelling just a tiny bit and and the redness has gone down but all my advice is if you're out there working in your yards at this time of year you know uh, put on some bug spray i i got out of the habit i used to put it on pretty regularly because I got stung by some bees a few years ago, and it was an unpleasant experience. Let's just say, because I got about four or five stings at the same time, and I kind of, kind of swelled, swelled up a little bit then too. Although not as bad as this time, so uh, it's uh, very, it was very, very painful for a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, put on some, put on some of that Deep Woods off to keep those bugs away from you. Even our poor doggy, even Kaylee got, has been getting bit by these flies this year. Uh, which is about the first time I remember it they seem to really go after if anyone's got any good advice for a good safe like dog shampoo or something to put on the dog to keep bugs away uh we don't really want to use like a flea collar it's not really fleas anyway so and I don't know how much that would keep flies away i got to look up and see if there's any good dog shampoos. She got one got that bitter kind of on the nose yesterday even. It's they always seem to go there. I don't know if that's the warmest part of the dog, maybe that is. Or the easiest to get through probably. Well she's got really long hair anyway, so it's probably the easiest place to, to bite her, which is kind of kind of sad. I feel bad for her. But she's okay today. Alright, that's all uh, I'm gonna talk about. Uh next week on Trucks and Sci Fi you're gonna have the, the, the we'll call it the Ship Boys back. You're gonna have, I think Rick All of them, again, Jedi Jeff, Rick Moyer, and Brian Dunn are going to be back here to talk about the alien ships of Trek. So look forward to that. Looking forward to hearing those guys again. They always have a fun time and do a good job with those shows. So that'll be next week on Treks and Sci-Fi. I hope everyone's enjoyed this. Uh, Please check out our Facebook page. You can always contact me, treksf at gmail.com. Join the forum. If you want to join the forum, shoot me an email. And I will set you up because the registration is, is kind of disabled, the automatic registration. But just shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com, and I'll set you up on the forum. So that's about it, I think, folks. Uh, reviews on iTunes, PayPal donations, all the important stuff, all over at treksinscifi.com. All one word, all squished together. <laughs> or you can always use the old link, uh, treksf dot com, and if you just go to treksf.com it just automatically shoots you over to Treks in Sci-Fi, because I have both those URLs purchased, so. That's it, folks. Uh, Looking forward to seeing The Wolverine next week. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm going to update the schedule soon for August. Got some cool ideas and some cool shows coming. And we'll be getting into the fall TV shows pretty soon. So that's going to be good. Oh, one last thing related to TV. I've been enjoying the new season of True Blood has been pretty good. A lot of cool stuff uh, to see, even during the summer these days. That's what I love about television and cable. There's always something on to watch. So, uh, okay, I'm out of here. Oh, I'm still also watching Continuum, which is in season two right now on Sci-Fi Channel on Friday nights. Uh, That's it, folks. Talk to you very soon and have a great week. Bye-bye.